0: Hello everyone, I'm Mario Hlario from NBC10. Welcome back to Mmm, a food podcast, the place where you can come to hear all about the great things happening on the local food scene, all the wonderful restaurants we have locally, the great companies that are making delicious products and community events, all the things that make me go Mmm. Right now I am at Rez American Bistro in Providence, joined by chef and co-owner, Evan Matthew, as well as co-owner Stephen White and co-owner Ryan Whitecotton. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me.
1: Thank you for coming.
0: So, uh, Evan, I'm going to start with you. Uh, First of all, let's talk about your, just celebrated your first anniversary of being open uh, this month in March. Uh, Tell us how that was.
1: Yeah, honestly, it was phenomenal. We did a one-year anniversary. Our, Our anniversary was actually March 3rd. Um, So uh, last week we had a great number of our regulars and our biggest supporters come and join us for just an event, serving some of our uh, main staples, things that we love serve at Res. Um, You know, we did a raw bar, we had a pasta station, lots of fun things. It was uh, it was wonderful. And the turnout was unbelievable. You know, we really felt the support.
0: So you opened the restaurant, obviously, 2021, March, kind of in the middle of the pandemic.
1: (laughs) What made you decide to do that? Yeah, honestly, the, this all happened with, the, uh, with all of us sitting down for dinner at my house and it just kind of snowballed. Uh, you know, COVID changed everyone's lives. Uh, some for the better, some otherwise. And it was just, um, I don't know, it just kind of happened. It literally happened over us making fresh pasta, uh, which is, uh, it was just an organic, almost like a pipe dream. And uh, day by day, it just became a reality. And, just happened
0: yeah so your background is in culinary your cooking and
1: food yeah I've spent the majority of my career in food service definitely hospitality industry um, uh, the majority of that time was spent at the Capitol Grill which I know is a uh, you know a main staple in Rhode Island especially in Providence um, so that's where I really learned to love the Providence food scene and to get to know a lot of the people that uh, support uh, the restaurant industry So, was it always your dream to open your own restaurant? Actually, no, far from (laughs) it. (laughs) Uh, It really never was. I always said that I would never do this. And I never would have thought I would be able to do it with my best friends, Stephen and Ryan. Like, we never, until that conversation, I don't think we ever talked about that. (laughs) It just kind of happened. And then, um, I don't know, the next day after that dinner, after we talked about it, I couldn't stop thinking about it and we all just started like really looking into it and then poof it, it just happened.
0: And Steven what's your background?
2: Um, my background's uh pharmaceuticals reimbursement <laughs> and things like that <laughs> oh, so geez. definitely completely different from the restaurant scene but I you know I do have a lot of HR and stuff background and I'm really good with people and things like that um, but yeah I, I I can remember sitting around the table and just doing one of our regular you know dinners we do and then we started to move forward and we said, hey, if a door ever closes, maybe it wasn't meant to happen. And um, honestly, while we were going through the process, every door was just swinging open and it was almost a dream come true. We it, it was like one of those things where we'll never have this moment in our lives again to have the space that we have and the dream that we have. Um, so why don't start now?
0: Yeah. So speaking of doors closing, for those folks who don't know, and Rhode Islanders love to describe things of where things used to be, Rez is where... Bravo used to be they closed down so this space was available I guess huh
2: yeah unfortunately um, they definitely had plans to handle the pandemic Um, I don't think they could unfortunately Fred the the last owner of Bravo he passed away about two years prior from cancer Um, a wonderful man great in the community Um, we as individuals that grew up in the community we knew what Bravo used to be Uh, you know it was a local spot it was a a very good place for us to go every now and then Um, and Our idea was like well why don't we bring that back but why don't we bring that back with with our our spin and the kind of energy we want to bring back into the community and um, so far I think the community's really responded to it and we're absolutely ecstatic
0: yeah I mean every time I've been in here it's always packed which is great Um, Evan tell us about kind of the menu and how you would describe the food that you make here
1: so our menu is also a big reflection off of the dinners that Steven, Ryan and myself, we would do at our house. It almost became like a, a like <laughs> like almost like an iconic dinner party moment. We would have friends asking like, you know, when are we going to be invited to one of these dinner parties? And it just kind of, we didn't even realize it was like cultivating like within our group of friends or our community and it just did. And uh, our menu definitely strongly reflects that, things that Ryan would make a lot, things that I would make and you know we would always just kind of say like oh my god if we, this would be amazing like we could do this at a restaurant or whatever and then like you know but we never said that thinking it would actually happen and then uh, here we are actually turning all those dinner parties into an entire restaurant menu. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like one big dinner party (laughs) what what was your thought about ryan about opening a restaurant and bringing these dinner parties to life to the public
3: well uh i didn't actually know if it would um how how it would uh transpire but um just to go back to background my i basically came to uh, uh, rhode island um not knowing a soul and i got a job at uh, parkside and i spent about almost five years there and then i went to uh bmw and was there almost about almost five years um and then we found we knew of bravo i saw that it was no longer doing business and it wasn't doing takeout the way other uh, restaurants were so i kind of looked in looked into it and noticed that it was for sale and um, one thing led to another where um, we started, I said, you know, did you notice that Bravo's for sale and what we could do with it and all, all the, all the, and what ter- and basically we got really drunk, as you do, <laughs> during and it wasn't, it, COVID, it, yeah. wasn't yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't until the what next, did, right? it wasn't until the next morning, you know, mid, you know, mid hangover, we're all at work and we're texting each other and we're like, Oh, I think it was Evan who said I'm still think I spent all night and this morning still thinking about what we were talking about and um, so long story short we uh, st- Started to do some research and we found out uh, the-, the landlord and started talking to him and actually invited him over Kenneth Delgarian for a dinner party and um, basically Invited him into the same dinner party that we always pretty much throw for our friends and um, we connected and and Basically, we got into a situation where it was a deal we couldn't refuse. So, we didn't really in- ever intend to open a restaurant, but it just all kind of happened to us. And um, the interesting thing is uh, going from a restaurant to a car dealership, this building is actually built in 1912, and it was actually a, a Packard motor car dealership. So, I went from a car deal, from, from a restaurant to a car dealership to owning a restaurant and a car dealership. Okay. So, there you go. <laughs> wow.
0: I love that. I love the history of that. It comes, like, full circle, I guess. But, um, was there any apprehension of opening during a pandemic?
1: I mean, I think we were nervous, but I think we were also so excited that, like, we we saw the silver lining. I will say, now that we've lived it and we've gone through it, the pandemic, I think, was honestly a blessing in disguise. We might not have known that then, but when we opened in March, we still had a lot of social distancing rules that we had to follow, Uh, you know, no seating at the bar or we had to put up partitions. We had to do this. We had a capacity limit, Um, you know, massive, you know, critical things on sanitation, making sure that we are, you know, doing our part to uh, keep the spread of COVID down and opening. I think opening weekend, I think we did close to maybe like 100 guests and it was um Just a mess. It was so bad. But, you know, we got through it and we, it was just, you know, and we did that many covers because we, we couldn't, we couldn't accept more. We had to keep tables six feet apart. We couldn't see people at the bar. So now we look back, like we can, you know, we do 100 covers like with our eyes closed. So we don't even realize that it's it, it, like, that's like a kind of a late night or a light night. And we, uh, we were able to train like the staff was comfortable with the building by the time all the capacity things and all the restrictions lifted we were ready to go the staff was ready they fully understood the building where to put things how to how to how to maneuver and I mean honestly that was it was it was it was good for all of us to go through that it really was yeah For folks who
0: haven't been here, describe kind of the space. You've got two levels, which is great, huh?
1: Yeah, so uh, Res does have two floors, uh, right on the corner of Empire and Washington. We're directly across the street from Trinity uh, Repertory Company, uh, which is a great asset to have, having a theater across the street. Uh, uh, You know, the first floor does have a nice full bar with a a lovely dining room, lots of floor-to-ceiling windows, plenty of high cocktail tables surrounding the bar area. And then upstairs, we actually call it the Marcello Room. Uh, which also is floor-to-ceiling windows with beautiful murals of old playbills on the ceiling. And, you know, it overlooks kind of like the historic downtown area. You get to see Trinity lit up at nighttime. We have these wonderful, we call them date night tables that kind of face the windows in a little love seat that two guests can sit at and enjoy dinner, which people really love. Um, And it's a great space. I mean, it's you know you kind of like we have like kind of like a little niche for whatever kind of dining experience you're looking for whether you want that rowdy loud bar crowd or if you want like kind of an intimate dinner for two uh, we can kind of we can kind of do it all at once yeah
0: You guys also like this room up here where we're sitting, we're sitting in the uh, upper level right now. Can you do like a private party or a function?
2: Absolutely. I mean, we've done weddings, we've done bridal showers, rehearsals, baby showers, um, birthdays, retirements, graduations, everything like that. And I think the uniqueness of the space allows us to accommodate someone that really wants to be privatized with their family and friends and have it to themselves. Or if they're just like, hey, we just have a really large party. Maybe we want to do something semi-private, but we want to have a bar area because it does has its own fully equipped bar, its own music system. If you want to play something else, um, you know we've had DJs, we've had you know all sorts of decorators up here. It's just a space that has so many options for the individuals looking for so many different things that I think it really you know it really sings with them, and they see the space and they go, yes, I want this skyline, I, I want these windows, I want this ambiance, I want this bar. My you know everyone's gonna love it. So. Um, and, you know, Evan and, and Ryan and I have curated, like, wonderful types of menus and things that you can do up here with your guests that just kind of, like, you know, pander to every type of situation. So, I mean, it's, like, it's phenomenal. And uh, you can see that right on our website and respv.com in our event section. And it's, uh, you know, give us a call. You'll love it. I guarantee.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like the city has really come back to life since everything? We've watched
2: the, you know, the. I mean, like we're floor-to-ceiling windows on both floors. Yeah. So you can't help but to watch what happens downtown. And there's always something crazy. You know, we always laugh that if Trinity's not going on, there's some type of, you know, something going on where there's always a dinner and a show and it's a laughable event. But we've had seen traffic increase, um, you know, people's response to us. You know, it's not just oh, that's where Bravo used to be. They're like, oh, this is Rez. You have to come here. You have to try this. It's, you know, it's a new experience. Um, And it's what type of experience, again, that we've kind of grown up and we've, we kind of love. So bringing that back and watching the community come around us has been just an absolute pleasure.
0: Yeah, definitely the windows are just like such an asset to this space. I mean, they're each
2: eight feet long and six (laughs) feet tall. So, I mean, (laughs) you can't miss, you can't miss it. They're just gorgeous. Yeah.
0: And in terms of, uh, obviously, staff. How has it been going in terms? Of, I know there's been a lot of, a lot of in the industry in terms of keeping staff and hiring people. But you guys have a good yeah, staff yeah. Um,
1: you know, staffing, especially in food service, I think has always been a struggle. I mean, I've like I like I've said, I've I've always been in food service. That has always been kind of a difficult uh, part of our job. Um, COVID definitely did not make that any easier. Uh, if anything, it made it a lot worse. Uh, I think we're super fortunate to have. Curated a phenomenal staff. Uh, there are definitely moments that we feel as though we need more or we need this, we need that. But um, the staff we have do a phenomenal job. Um, we are definitely proud to say that we have, you know, the same kitchen staff since day one. We have a number of servers and bartenders since day one, which you know, m- when it's a typical office job, I know a year doesn't seem like a long time, but when it when you, when you're talking food service and like just that kind of pace of an industry. Uh, that does say something especially these people went through our growing pains just as we did you know we learn and kind of evolve every day and they kind of have to go through that with us so you know there, there are moments that we say one thing and then 24 hours later we completely change it and you know it's <laughs> just we, we just don't know we kind of just learn day by day shift by shift and um, I think they're our biggest asset um, and we're definitely fortunate To have who we have but yeah hiring people management in general has always (laughs) been a struggle yeah
0: it's always a challenge I'm sure and interesting who comes up with the menu do you guys collaborate how does that work
1: yeah it's definitely a collaboration we all have our say Um, I think I play a big role in that Ryan definitely brings a lot to the table Um, Steven um, has his wishes <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's a it's a, it's a good middle ground for all of Steven us Stephen definitely eat.
3: takes credit for the chicken nuggets on the burger yeah, yeah, I mean, chicken nuggets. <laughs> that was another
1: one of those fun moments where we're coming up with our burger and Steven says god I wish this was like almost like Wendy's where it's like a you pick four and it came with nuggets and me and Ryan just like like a light bulb went <laughs> off and we were just like oh my god we have to figure this out mm-hmm. we have to make house res homemade chicken nuggets, like real nuggets, not like a breaded piece of chicken, but like an actual chicken nugget. And we did. We That was another dinner party. Yeah.
3: But I think that speaks to how we constructed uh, the menu as a whole, where we have a lot of traditional, everything from the scotch egg to the carnival row, which is uh, one of our desserts, or one of our staple desserts, and that's uh, popcorn ice cream on with cotton candy and caram- uh, caramel popcorn and on a funnel cake and so something fun and then something traditional it, it basically is all around our menu
0: yeah I feel I can relate to you like I'm the I'm the one who likes to eat I don't really cook that I don't have any skills in the kitchen but I know what I like and I know what I'd like to see on the menu yeah is that Ab- you
2: oh absolutely as the youngest of six it was either eat or don't eat so don't get me wrong I love to eat and I will eat quickly if need be um, but, you know, just watching, you know, Ryan and Evan come up with ideas and sit in the kitchen and say, Hey, like, let's try this together or what do you think of this? I mean, things like that are just like they bring back this wholesome experience as growing up with like, you know, a large family of sitting around at dinner time every night and being like, Oh, you know, um, let's try this or let's eat this or, you know, it's just a it's almost like a community event and it's just I you know, it's it's something that I need in my life for the rest of my life. Yeah.
0: Is there something that's your uh, most popular item
1: or your signature item? What would you say? Um, well, we, we have a few. I mean, our, our, our seafood items are definitely very popular um, on our appetizer list. I would say our lobster tempura um, is extremely popular, um, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's a, a cold water lobster tail, like right out of New England waters. Uh, tempura and then served over a bed of crispy kale it's it's kind of dressed in this like spicy sambal honey sweet sauce Um, it has some toasted sesame seeds Uh, it's phenomenal people we literally the amount of them we sell (laughs) is scary sometimes uh, uh, but people love it and then in terms of our entrees I would say our sesame seared tuna bowl is probably our most popular entree also being seafood which was kind of just a play on things that we like uh, with like it has a scallion fried rice topped with a sesame seared piece of tuna um, and then it comes with this beautiful salad of chiffonaded radishes and cilantro scallions um, and it's all dressed in this like lobster miso froth um, and it's fun and every every item kind of has a twist in a, a turn but it's not necessarily ingredients that people don't recognize it's just Um, a new way to present them so you know nothing on our menu i think would frighten anybody it's just more of a a representation of who we are and what we what we want to bring to the table you have a fun drink menu too yes we do have a number of cocktails (laughs) also curated by uh, the three of us a lot of them are named after um, our family or our friends um, and that was even that was fun building it's you know i look back and i remember us feeling it was almost like frustrating or or hectic or like trying to like just trying to figure it out and now we look back and we kind of like see what we accomplished and, and like some of these drinks we made up some of these entrees some of these combinations we just like kind of made up of course like i know we're not reinventing the wheel but uh it's fun to see the amount of people that come in and be like oh my god the Cape Way ice is my favorite drink and we're just like really it's like named after like ryan's father's like ice shop and we just kind of like literally faked it and you know it's like people love it and a lot of our drinks like have that kind of uh, pull and it's kind of incredible to see uh, the guest reaction on it.
0: I love that this whole restaurant concept was just born of you guys just sitting around at home having a dinner party and just kind of, <laughs> of what you guys like and said, let's bring it to life. Yeah. Uh, so, um, of course, I can't do a food podcast without tasting some of your delicious dishes. So. Um I don't even know where to begin. There's a, we we have a few items here. I, I have to say I have had this before, but I had to try it again. This is the teriyaki bacon, one of your appetizers. Tell us who came up with this idea cuz I love it. I'm a bacon lover for those of you that don't know. But uh how did you come up with this?
1: So this was you know and, and I could be mistaken, but I feel like this was something year many years ago me and Steven lived together and you know, there would we would have some lazy Sundays. This is so sad, but we would just literally order a massive amount of Chinese food, and we would watch reruns of Roseanne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was like something that like we weren't proud of, but we were not mad about it. No. And one of th- something that we would always get was like the beef teriyaki, like mm-hmm. that beef on the stick, like that very yeah. American Chinese uh, kind of food, and. I think the bacon teriyaki branched from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, when it comes to the bacon, I'm not 100% sure if I remember where we came <laughs> up with this idea.
2: Honestly, he's probably 100% right. I mean, some of the things we, you know, just spurn from our daily lives of things and what we like to do. So. Um, don't get me wrong, I am not mad that this was invented and that we cooked this because it's like a bag of night is a problem for me.
0: I am very glad because I've been here before and I'll get it and I don't even share it with whoever I'm with. I eat the whole bag. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is so good. Mmm. So how do you so you cook the bacon? How do you get it on the stick?
1: So it actually gets <laughs> skewered. So <laughs> we use a pretty thick slab bacon, mm-hmm. um, and that what what that means is just, it's a, it's a little thicker than traditional bacon, um, and it, it's you know we skewer it onto bamboo skewers, and then it's uh, you know partially cooked. We kind of render out some of the fat, mm-hmm. and um, and then to order when it gets ordered, it kind of gets lacquered in this like. Soy, hoisin, Mm. um, red glaze. It actually has a little. So good. (laughs) It actually has a little like red food coloring, so we can make sure that like it has that kind of like that pork spare rib or that beef teriyaki Mm. kind of look that you would get at a Chinese restaurant. Mm hmm.
0: Um, It comes in a great little Chinese food bag.
1: Chinese to go bag. So Mm. it has, it comes in this little foil bag. Again, I think that was just kind of something that we kind of figured out and decided to do. Oh my gosh. Um,
0: I think I wonder if any Chinese restaurants are gonna like steal your idea because that is delicious. <laughs> well I think we kinda stole it from that. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Um, so tell me about this. This this is the lobster tempura.
1: Yeah, so the lobster tempura actually is something that uh, we kind of created to be honest, we I it was created at my last job. So I can owe the capital grill to this. <laughs> uh, Steven and Ryan actually came in to dinner, and uh, you know I just wanted to send out like a special app, and um, this was something that we kind of I just kind of made it, um, you know, on the fly if you will. Sent it out, um, and you know Steven's not a huge seafood eater, but he was he definitely was like kind of impressed by it. Steve, Ryan loved it, and uh, then going forward, like it was kind of a special appetizer that I would make for a lot of people that would come into the grill. Um, mm. as like, you know, as a VIP or a first time diner or whatever the, the whatever the occasion was um, and everybody was just like raving about it so again, it was just another moment that we decided to do a restaurant and people were like, you gotta do that lobster tempura you know, anybody that mm. came into the grill and we made it for them, they would be like we ha- you have to put that on the menu, so here it is. And it looks healthy
0: with the kale too, at least it makes you feel a little less guilty, right? <laughs>
2: Absolutely
0: Mmm <yeah. laughs> Oh my god, that is delicious. Yeah, is it lobster tail? Is that what it is? It is. Mm-hmm. And the kale, how do you cook the kale? It's, I love cris- when it's crispy like
1: that. Yeah, so the kale, a lot of people think it's fried, but it actually isn't. Mm. The kale, it's, it's like we like kind of remove it from the stem and then it's kind of like we almost massage like an olive oil onto each leaf to mm. make sure that like it's kind of like really nicely coated. Not drenched, but just, you know, you kind of want the entire leaf to be shiny yeah. and then uh, Uh, it's kind of laid out flat on a sheet pan like a single layer and then it's we actually sprinkle it with this ginger salt uh, Mm -hmm. that we make in-house that also has some fresh lemon zest and um, and then it's kind of just slow baked in the oven the oven's really low like 200 degrees and it takes you know it does take a little while like maybe 20 25 minutes and um, you are you just end up with these perfectly crisp kale chips that you know we can tell ourselves they're healthy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they're delicious. I just, another piece of this. Mmm. That was like cooked to perfection. So good. And then, this is, I've had this before. Um, What is it? Scotch egg. Yes. What exactly is it?
1: So, this Scotch egg is something that was definitely a, a, a child of Rez. Um, you know, it, it goes way back. This, if, in I could be wrong, but as far as I know, this dates back to Scotland where the Scottish wives would be would make these for their husbands while and they would take them to lunch every day. They were easily transportable and they were kind of packed away. And then, you know, the husbands would be at work and they could just kind of open up a Scotch egg and eat it as they, you know, almost like a handheld device, like a sandwich, if you will. And what it is, it's a soft boiled egg uh wrapped in a house-made ground sausage uh with kind of our own Mm. uh spices and then it's lightly breaded and then it's fried and then what we serve it with is this kind of a a smoky tomato jam that is kind of like nestled into it looks so good i'm gonna try it
0: Mm. mmm god that is really good that jam is like, what is that? It's so good. Yeah, Just people have, love that jam. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jamming.
1: It's something else that we make here. We do, mm. you know, we are fortunate. We have a lot of space, and we have a lot, uh, mm. we, We're able to make a lot of stuff right here in-house. So, uh, And actually, the jam was
3: change was changed for season, seasonally right So we yeah started so with an aioli right? exactly
1: so we do um, we've kind of kept the scotch egg on our menu since the, since the opening so when we were doing it during the summer it actually came with this really light uh, salad that had a little lemon aioli and then um, some frisee uh, which is like almost like this bitter green that goes really well with the sweet sausage uh, and then come come winter time, we kind of switch it over to this like kind of smoky tomato jam, just mm. kind of bringing bringing in a little more earthiness and like warmth to the dish. Um, even though the tomato jam is served cold, if not room temperature, it it adds uh, a little more substance. Uh, the aioli and the little frisée salad is almost very summery and, and spring like, if you will. Yeah. So we just kind of wanted to uh, bring in some more of those like uh, winter flavors. Nice. And I am gonna sip a cocktail. This is the um, I think I got the lychee martini. What yes, is this? this is the lychee martini. This is also something that we, I, I suppose you could say we stole it, <laughs> but uh, it was a it's a cocktail that we used to have at a sushi restaurant actually in Cranston, Haruki's. It's a phenomenal restaurant if you haven't been, and uh, we would always get the lychee martini. And we didn't we actually didn't know how to make it, so we kind of just recreated our own. Uh, but it is kind of an ode to them, and it is. Uh, We make ours with um, our house vodka, which is the Granger's Organic Vodka, and then uh, this Soho lychee uh, liqueur. Uh, There's a little splash of pineapple juice, a little splash of cranberry juice in there, and it's just shaken. It's served with a lychee. Um, It's just phenomenal. It's so pretty, and it's delicious. I'm going to...
0: Mm-mm-mm. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. This has been awesome to learn just about how... I, I'm fascinated by how this whole restaurant came together <laughs> just by you guys sitting around. But the food is excellent. The location is great. And I kind of buried the lead. But the name, obviously, R-E-S, Res American Bistro, came from your initials, Ryan, Evan, and Steven. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've definitely got left your mark not only on the name but on the restaurant itself. So uh, thank you so much. Good luck with... Going forward, happy congratulations on one year! Thank you, thank you so much. much. And uh, so check it out, Res American Bistro on Washington Street in Providence. The food will definitely make you go mmm.